Hello friends and happy new year. Welcome to the first episode of Notations in the new year of 2020. January is a favorite month of mine um, for many reasons, one of which is my sister, my baby sister's birthday. So, you know, she exists. That's important. <laughs> but it's also, it's it's kind of a month that feels like the first full breath after like a really grueling trek. So there, it's kind of like that sweet spot of, of, um, letting yourself crash <laughs> after something, um, really arduous, um, the socially heightened holiday season and all that entails with, for artists and makers, which I'll get to in a minute too. Um, all of that, especially if you're an introvert, all of that energy that you've put, um, put out there and expended, um, there's, this kind of gentle ebb after that full force overwhelming flow that has been happening for the last several months. So January feels like a month of rejuvenation, a time of restoration where you kind of refill your energy stores, your creative energy, your social energy, all of that. Um, And it feels kind of like I'm gaining my bearings again or, you know, kind of finding my feet again. So after that time of rest, uh, you know, an ample amount of rest, (laughs) then I start to kind of get this itch to embark on something new, to make changes, to dream things, to see things come to be. And so January kind of embodies all of that for me, which is why I really love it. I love, I love the symbolism of a fresh start the significance of, of that, um, kind of feeling like your slate is, is wiped clean and you can make what you will of the new space, the new time, the new months. Um, so I know some of you may be familiar with the practice of choosing a word of the year. Um, I discovered this a couple years ago and, um, really appreciate the practice of it. So I know that there are many ways that you might choose your word of the year and also even more ways of how you carry that word for the year, like what that means to carry that word um, for the duration of a year. And for me, choosing a word of the year kind of has to start with looking back at where I've been lately. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, for makers and small business owners, the fall and winter holiday season is pretty much, you know, September to December, nonstop. Um, and it's usually the, the make or break time period of the entire year in terms of our overall annual income, what budget we can have to work with for the, the next year's offerings. Um, you know, every single online order and in-person purchase at craft markets means the world and helps us be able to grow and keep dreaming and making a living of what we love, which is no small thing. So, you know, because that season is so push, 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 um, by the time I resurface after the intensity of it all, I feel as though I've kind of blown through a significant amount of time, well, I have, (laughs) um, without having the time to take into account any of it. And so, you know, when January arrives, Before I can pick a word of the year, I need a little time to look back, take stock of what happened, notice what worked, what didn't work, 
figure out what I'm hoping, what I need, all of that. Um, so last year, my word of the year was balance. And looking back, I can remember exactly why I chose the word, what it meant for me. Um, and I can even see bits and pieces of how it trickled through the months and the days, um, sometimes without my even noticing it was present. Um, but last year I was, I was transitioning out of a full-time job and a 15 year long career into working for myself full-time. I remember I was experiencing like a massive drop in adrenaline after burning the candle at both ends for five years straight. And I was trying to figure out how to let myself recover from that, which almost was like the fatigue was immense and intense and lasted a very long time. And so how to let myself recover from that and yet still move the business forward with the purpose that I wanted to and it intended to, especially like trying to take it very seriously and, you know, with all of the gratitude of that, I was actually going to be able to take this leap. Um, and because of that, I felt this kind of pressure to recover faster um, than I honestly could. And um, so balance was something that I felt I had been missing or actually dismissing for way too long, which is why I picked, picked that word. Because balance, obviously, it's a very difficult, if not impossible, thing to achieve. It's not something that you achieve um, some people don't even believe in the, in the concept of balance, which I can totally understand why. And by choosing this word, it wasn't that I was stating that balance was something that was achievable. Um, it was more that it kind of, well, actually this kind of ties in nicely with, with how I choose my word and what carrying a word of the year with you for a year means. So I'll actually talk about that. Um, so for me, a word of the year signifies something I'd like to dwell on, to practice with intention. So last year, balance was something I knew I was missing and dismissing in my life. And so it, it was something I wanted to dwell on, to practice, and to learn new ways of embodying it more. So not something to achieve per se, but more something to dwell on um, in the hopes that it can start to be something I'm more aware of and can more intentionally seek to foster in my everyday. So this year, I felt a sort of self-inflicted pressure <laughs> to hurry up and pick my word because I felt like I was already tardy to the party seeing friends and fellow creatives like sharing about their, their words on Instagram, on their blogs, and their podcasts. And so I started jotting down some possibilities, and at one point I considered um, piggybacking on my friend Aylin's, um lovely choice of the word wholehearted, which um, in the show notes I'll link to her beautiful blog about that. But then, you know, something in me said, you know, just relax, give it a little time, and, you know, let it kind of simmer and and kind of dwell on it without this kind of hyper, you know, pressure to figure it out and find it and hurry up and hurry up. So, so I did. And while spending some focused time on determining where I wanted to take Lacelet this year, it kind of, I kind of happened upon it. And as soon as I thought the word, it was like, it resonated with everything trifold. So 
Um, so without further ado, my word of the year is tend. T-E-N-D. So with 2019 in hindsight, um, which was a really hard year, I'm not going to get into all that, but um, it was a really rough year. And with a new year ahead, the word tend means a lot of different things to me. So one of them is a very personal thing, which is that, you know, throughout my life, I haven't been good at tending to my needs. That may sound silly to some people who it's like, how can you not be paying attention to what you need? Um, but I tend to <laughs> spend an awful lot of time and energy just trying not to be a problem. And that can mean that I push my needs down in light of the needs of others. And while it is often a conscious choice that I am making, many a time it's not. And I'm realizing more and more that my default setting is to kind of um, ignore my pain, keep the peace, anticipate other people's needs, be easygoing and hopeful, um, not be a problem. And <laughs> Enneagram 9, anyone? Anyone else in the Enneagram 9? <laughs> um, but the trouble is with that, that everyone's needs are important. And, and, and taking care of yourself and tending to your own needs is not selfish. Um, it is essential to being healthy, to thriving, to being able to be there to support the people you love. If you're not doing well and you're not caring about your own self and well-being, then you're not going to be well for others either. So um, my wise younger sister, Brittany, said um, something along the lines of that, you know, in the end, it's not loving to withhold yourself and your needs in order to spare people because then they can't even know you. Like I'm not, I'm not showing them my full self. And she said that you've you're also like removing the opportunity for them to be able to learn about you and what you need and to then have the opportunity to demonstrate their care for you and your needs. So it just, <laughs> she is so wise. It really kind of struck me that in trying to not be a problem and trying to anticipate um, what other people needed and trying to, you know, make sure that I wasn't causing any undue burden for someone else, I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really letting other people care. And I, I know that if it was in reverse, I would be so sad to know that my sister was um, not telling me what she really needed or what was hard or what had hurt her feelings or any of these things because I was trying, she was trying to spare me. But then I, I would feel so sad because I would I never knew and I could have maybe alleviated some of that for her um, because I do care and so in reverse it was just I don't know realizing in reverse is what helped me to to realize that it's it's not a selfish thing to communicate to people um, share what you need share what you don't need um, say no like all of these things um, that seem like they should be a given, but especially for Enneagram 9s, it's really hard. It's really hard to do that. So 
So this year I'm setting an intention to tend to my needs, um, to become more aware of what they are. Like, cause I'm also really out of practice. I'm very much the kind of ignore it. Um, you know, like, so if my, I have a chronic knee condition, if they're hurting, just being like plow through rather than, Hey, is your knee, are your knees hurting? Do you need to get up and stretch? Do you need to change positions? Like, um, did someone hurt my feelings? Did, do I need to communicate that I didn't appreciate the tone or like, I don't know, anything that I'm just trying not to be a problem and not communicating? Um, do I need to say no or maybe later instead of yes? Um, do I need to call it a day and retire to my, to my, um, to my cozy bed earlier? Do I need to communicate something to a loved one that feels really, really hard, but has been wearing on me? I actually, I actually started practicing this last year. Um, and it is getting easier and more comfortable. At first it felt so against my instincts to do this. Um, but with practice, especially with loving family and friends who are encouraging me to do it and asking me, um, even holding me accountable to, Hey, are you being a nine right now? Hey, have you, um, are, are you taking care of yourself? Hey, do you need to need a break or whatever it is? Um, it's becoming more comfortable for me, but this year I want to solidify the habit of checking in with myself, with my body and energy, with my depression and my stress, everything. Um, so that it becomes second nature for me instead of against the grain for me to consider these things and to practice communicating those needs outward just so people can even know who I am and what is hard and what is what I'm dealing with sometimes. So, um, in addition, so another way that I'm using the word or another way that the word tend is meaningful to me is that I've also been weighing a lot of options for lace lately. And I've decided to really take a significant amount of time tending to its foundational structure. In the past, um, I've mostly been running by the seat of my pants, go, 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 without any time to get ahead of things or to strategize or implement the strategies that I have planned. Um, and part of that was because I was doing two jobs for five years, another, and then also when I, well, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of things that happened in the last year and a half that were really rough and unexpected. So, um, again, I just feel like I've been running, running, running. And so I planned a week long lacelet retreat. And as I went along, I started to realize that I need to do some major restructuring. This includes like ideation and putting some new systems in place to better utilize my time and my energy and my resources. Um, I realized that if I push forward with going directly into a new design season, which is normally what's happening for me January, February, that if I did that, I would be putting myself into that same pattern again of go, go, go without any time to discern what, what's working, what's not, where I want to go, how to get there. Um, I would be basically going straight into a new design work phase, followed by the launch phase, followed by another intense push of design phase to be able to get to another launch, which um, in May is the is a really important time to launch new products in the wholesale stationary gift industry. And 
that would just put me back into that same pattern and rhythm. And I'd basically just be repeating this year and the years before it. Um, But the thought of skipping a winter wholesale release um, popped into my mind. But it really scared me a lot because it felt like to do that would be leaving a lot of potential money on the table. So if I have nothing new to show this month and next, some of my stockists may get out of the habit of ordering for me. You know, they might try a new brand and they're now on the the ordering rotation. My sales reps might think I'm no longer an active designer, bringing them new work for them to showcase to their buyers. Um, or maybe I don't have any new items to add to fair, which is an online wholesale platform. So my SEO on the platform could drop. Um, all of these worries immediately started welling up. And then there was this sort of like prickling. Um, I kind of describe it as a prickling in like my periphery, which I get when I know that I know what I need to do. Um, usually when I'm, but that I'm afraid to do it. So I knew in my gut that what I need is to tend to my business structure and determine my long-term goals and figure out a way to get there. Um, That I needed a solid budget allocation category distribution. So I know exactly where I'm spending and with what purpose are those funds um, being spent. And, you know, I'd been doing much more flexible, like, um, more, I was much more reactive than proactive in my business. And while being reactive and being able to be flexible and hop on opportunities is important, it's, you know, (laughs) it's, it's also really important to be moving forward with with direction that is sound. (laughs) So I needed to figure out how much time and resources I want to spend on various aspects of my business, like content creation. Um, that could be my blog, this podcast, my newsletter, also social media, my retail offerings on Etsy, my wholesale program. So the products that there's also the products that I've been longing to develop to support others in their creativity and spur on self-expression. And a lot of those have been on the back burner just because of the industry's, you know, schedule that I'm supposed to be on. Um, so all these things need to be ironed out so that I can see how to use each of those channels to support what I'm doing rather than as another thing to do. And all of this stuff takes time. So... I made the decision, um, which felt really scary. And I still, I'm, I'm hoping that it is the sound decision. Um, I feel that it is. Um, but I'm starting this year with a two month long restructure of Wastelet so that I can discern where I want to go as an artist, um, and where I want the business to go. Two months may sound like a long time, but as I started to write down the various areas that needed my attention, I knew, oh, this is going to require a commitment from me. So I'm doing it. I am tending to my business and to my role as a business owner and to my role as an artist. And I'm going to give it the care it needs in the hopes that it will grow more beautifully and in healthier ways and directions. 
So January will be for focusing on discernment in regards to direction and goals and establishing strategies for achieving them, it's like to move towards those. And then February will be for implementing the strategies with a more structured schedule. My Myers-Briggs J is like very happy about this. <laughs> um, and so February will be for actually practicing um, so that I begin to form habits in my business. That way, um, when I reach March, which will begin my design season for that big May release I was talking about, I will be able to continue chugging along with the foundational habits that I've already laid out um, and been practicing. So it's not just like everything is happening at once. Those are going to be set, you know. So this may sound tedious, but I feel an immense sense of relief that I'm finally making the time to get my ducks in a row again. Um, this Saturday marks Lacelet's sixth birthday. And yay, I'm excited. <laughs> but I need to take the time to look at what I've learned over the past six years about myself as an artist and a business owner, what I've learned about my audience and how I can better provide what they need in more meaningful ways, what I've learned about marketing and product manufacturing and budget and all of it so that I can take all that knowledge and experience and actually use it to grow Lacelet with more purpose and effectiveness. I don't want, I don't want Lacelet to just plod along doing okay. I want it to thrive. And this is the best way I know how to figure out how to do that. <laughs> so today, um, I'm working on, I have a schedule and I'm working on the January edition of my paper trails e-newsletter where I'm going to be sharing some noteworthies who have been helping me to inspire helping to inspire my onset of 2020, um, including a favorite workbook of mine that you can get for free online, um, written by someone who has put a lot of thought into, um, into looking at a year, um, looking behind and looking ahead, um, to, to plan a year year and a lovely episode from one of my favorite podcasts for creatives. So check your inboxes on Tuesday for all the goodies um, and I think I'll wrap up. So thank you for listening to this episode of Notations. I'd love to hear your response or thoughts on all of these things and how you're starting your new year. And I hope that the onset of 2020 is inspiring to each of us in the way we each need most. <laughs>